Welcome back, Rip City. I'm your host, Tim Johnson, and this is the Busted Bucket Podcast. Locally grown here in Portland, Oregon, the city of roses, city of bridges, Stumptown PDX. This is a show dedicated to Rip City and everyone who loves Portland basketball. Joining me are my co-hosts, Eric, the Encyclopedia Foster. What's up, folks? And Gary Hassan. So, Jay, our friend, says that I should be called the best teammate ever. I don't know why. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but I'm a team player. So I'll be Lysaia team said player. that? Lysaia said yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's kind of a long nickname, though. <laughs> Gary, the team player, Hassan. Okay, I'm going with it. All right, guys. Hey, uh, we got a special episode today because we've got a special guest. He's a baller, a musician. I'm pretty sure I saw he's a reality show star. And he's the son of a b-ball legend, Clyde Drexler. Adam Drexler joins the show. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much for having me. Wait, hold on. Let's rewind. What reality show? I missed that on the outline. Um, I was on the show, the one that got away. It's on Amazon Prime. I'm watching it. <laughs> he, hey, he he reconnected with the love of his life. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations on I that. I was going to say great. my wife are going to watch that, but I don't want her getting any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It was insane. I, I, I'm used to the cameras, but strictly for basketball. So going on there and, and looking for love and doing that whole experience with something totally different, but it was fun. That's awesome. I'm glad I did it. Hmm. So That's really cool, man. You so can't hate it, on love. It, it so worked out? It, yeah, yeah, it worked out. I actually uh, reconnected with somebody from my past and uh, we hit it off and we're still together. We're gonna be in New York next week for Fashion Week together. Oh, that's nice. what's up. <laughs> okay, okay, that's what's up. Gotta love it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Amazon is a matchmaker. <laughs> <laughs> they they do it all. They Amazon does do it all. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Uh, now that that's over with, let's t- let's really dive in here. Um, we ask the same question to every guest we have on our show. Um, it's a tough one. It's a doozy. Um, but here we go. We need to know if you're gonna pick one guy to go with. Who are you picking between Michael Jordan or LeBron James? I think that's that's a pretty easy answer. I mean, there's multiple ways of looking at it, but I think the the answer for me is definitely LeBron James. You look at a guy who can win with whatever's around him. And MJ is probably one of the best offensive players to ever grace this earth. But um, you look at it, MJ did need Scotty. He needed other players around him to really highlight his best talent. And that's putting the ball in that. Yeah. LeBron just, he made it to the finals with some guys I'd never even heard yeah, of. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think Eric might light you up for that one. I've been, no, I wanted, I wanted to come back on. So we got to make sure that we play, we stop. I, I, I'm actually, despite, being the Drexler, I, I am still an MJ fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love them both. I, I love both players. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Gary, Gary. That's great. That's, I, I honestly, the end of it. I honestly did not expect you to say LeBron. I thought for sure you're about to say Jordan, I think, honestly. 
just just it's close i mean you really can't go wrong yeah. just you just based off wrong. of the battles that your dad and mj had man i mean in our minds and a lot of people's minds it was like there was mj and your dad back in that in the day right like those were the shooting guards yeah it was east and west yeah and... i will ahead, say Eric. over the last few months I've come around to the idea that we shouldn't even be doing this, right? We should just make sure that, right? I mean, just hear me out. These guys, no matter who we pick, right, there's always going to be a matter of debate. Dwight James was on here, and he said Will Chamberlain. We'll never know because we never were able to watch Will play. But, right. I mean, Dwight, I respect him a great deal, and that guy says that Will Chamberlain's the greatest, not, not only the greatest basketball player, but the greatest volleyball player ever as well. So it's like, you know. <laughs> So, I'm of the mind now that I'm just going to keep giving everybody their flowers no matter where where they stand and, and generationally. But it, but I mean, it still might. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's tough. I, for me, I grew up around Hall of Famers, you know, hearing their conversations. And for them, they don't talk about the, the Michael versus LeBron. They talk about Wilt, uh, Bill, Oscar Robinson. They talk about those guys. So... Uh, to me, I, my father's favorite player is Will Chamberlain. Wow. That's his book. And, and Kareem, guys mm -hmm. like that. So, I mean, it really just depends on what area you're from. But for me, I try not to compare eras. At the same time, I just look at versatility and what each player brings to the table. And if I'm starting a franchise, a player that can pass, rebound, shoot, and score, uh, can't go wrong with that one. The funny thing is, is we ask all these, because it's such a trivial question, right? We ask every guest this question because... Intentionally divisive is what it is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's the perfect icebreaker. <laughs> but no, I mean, the, we've come to realize that it's just like, you can't compare eras. That's the bottom line, right? Like, every era is different. Every guy was the top dog of, of his era. And it's just, it's... It's like comparing apples to oranges, right? Yeah. There are some guys, though, you know, I mean, and we could, I'm not going to name them because they're still great, but there are certain guys that you watch through either highlights or old game film, and you can say, okay, that's not going to translate over into today's game very well. But then there are certain guys where you're like, if that guy was playing right now, that guy might average 45 points. And I'm not... <laughs> gonna just say it because it's your dad but Clyde is a guy being able to do what he did back then in an open court game where the defense is now three-point line extended and having tons of room to operate in the middle that's what I, you, I've said before like Clyde would probably average like 35 he would average a triple double it's so funny like to me, there was there was one playoff series between Utah and the Houston Rockets, and it was when Ricky Rubio and the Jazz defensive strategy was to put their hands behind their oh, back I remember that. <laughs> and stand behind James Harden oh, so he couldn't step up. Yeah. Me and my father were watching it together, and my father is watching it like this because it's <laughs> like, But I asked him, like, at some point, I was like, all right, Dad, <laughs> How many points would you score if someone's guarding the <laughs> All of them. 
Yeah, he's just one of those guys. And the same thing with LeBron, right? You can take LeBron and say, okay, well, you take LeBron and you put him in the early 80s and the and the 90s basketball, and there's going to be zero drop-off in production. Yeah. Yeah, because he'd be playing against six, eight power fours and stuff. Yeah, growing up, it, like playing in an era where guys can put a hand on you mm-hmm. is is entirely different. And I think a lot of people get caught up in like, okay, well, it's not as fancy. People aren't going between the legs, crisscross, applesauce, whatever. <laughs> people aren't doing that back then. And that's because, and I, I asked my dad about this, and it's it's a wasted motion for them. If you have a guy who's putting two hands on you, doing all that fancy dribbling and stuff like that is, is going to get the ball stolen or it's going to get you pushed. Whereas now you have space to do that. The defender has to back off you. They can't put hands on you. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's, it's weird to see. I've watched old clips of Will Chamberlain. I'm like, yeah, that kind of looks, I don't know, like in today's game, but I, I, it's hard to believe that if Will Chamberlain did, grew up in this era that he wouldn't be crossing people over right. like LeBron and mm-hmm. Simmons. I mean, it's or interesting. jumping over them completely because he's nobody's <laughs> making any contact with him. He yeah. can just get a running start and jump. I mean, yeah. But it's a divisive question, and that, that LeBron-Jordan thing, is in, it's supposed to be a – it's not even an icebreaker. It's like a barometer for – how where we stand. The, yeah, where how the rest of the show is going to go. <laughs> Don't worry, the show's going to be good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So so uh besides for your dad, like what are the people were you influenced by like when it comes to basketball? Um for me, uh I was my favorite player of all time is Magic Johnson. Okay. So to me watching him as as a taller playmaker when I got to high school and my senior year of high school, I had to be the playmaker on our team. That was something I'd never done before. So I would just watch Magic Johnson all the time and I got the hang of it and, and fell in love with the art of making plays, setting up my teammates. So I think he, he was one of the, my biggest influences. Of course, there's guys like Dr. J Iceman, mm-hmm. and I know everything from before I was even born. Yeah. But like, um, that's what happens when you're when you're Clyde Drexler's son. You know, you go around his video. Well, who's your who's your who's your favorite player playing right now? Playing right now, hmm, that's tough. I I, I like so many players. Mm-hmm. I really like what I'm seeing from uh, DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of the resurgence he's having. Yeah. Um, mid-range game. Yeah, and I, I love the mid-range, uh-huh. so I, I love to see it flourish. Um, I'm a big fan of Paul George's games. Mm-hmm. Like at his height, being that smooth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie, um, LeBron, of course. Really, I, I'm a fan of a lot of players. I think Donovan Mitchell is really underrated. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just love watching the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I, I forgot to mention Dane. Of course, Dane. Of course, Dane. Yeah. Yeah. Of course everybody on the, on the Blazers roster, right? Well, I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, everybody on the Blazers roster. How about some of these these European guys? How about Jokic? Jokic guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. Luka? Luka's amazing. I, I don't think there's ever been anything like that from a, a, a foreign talent that is – 
dominating the game in that way, mm -hmm. like from a guard position, it's one thing to have like Giannis be more athletic than everybody and have a team built around it. But Luca is like whoever is on the court with him. That's who he's gonna win. Mm -hmm. So very Larry Bird, loves, right? Like you I look mean, at him, and like you should not be able, like physically, this <laughs> doesn't make sense. Right, but somehow, right. but I mean, talk about a guy that does everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, that guy, like you said, Eric, you look at him, and he doesn't look like he should be a basketball player, but he steps on one foot on the court, and it's game over. Going half speed too, right? Just killing people. <laughs> I don't remember when it was, but we talked about it. I'm like, Luca plays on one side of the floor. If you could just get him to that right side, you it would be so much easier to defend him. But he's just so good that he just gets to his spots and his shooting form. I don't know if you ever noticed, he's got that right shoulder forward. So when he's on that left side, he's just he's already loaded no matter where he's at on the floor. It's but. Uh, he should not, just like Jokic, you look at him like, this guy should not be able to put up a triple-double, but mm -hmm. something in that European water. People underestimate, yeah, people underestimate how strong these guys are. Mm -hmm. Luka, for his his size, he's strong. He can push anybody, yeah. so defenders can't really push up on him because he's pushing back. Another player who has like a similar style is James Harden, and I remember during Rockets, uh, leading up to Rockets training camp, I had to guard James Harden in oh, drills. Nice. So, <laughs> you know, watching him in the game and watching him play, I never really noticed how strong he was. I yeah. mean, it, and if you step back, the contact he's creating, I'm flying backwards and he's <laughs> jumping back to the three for a three. Like, it's very tough to guard somebody who's that strong and also skilled and has the footwork to match. But also like people like, I feel like the the casual fan like doesn't get that like they just think about you know flopping and stuff like that like they're not paying attention to his to his strength and his balance and his shiftiness and stuff like that and that dude is like just just like you said like he's so strong and like you can't you can't body him because if you body him you're gonna bounce off of him and that's it you know yeah it's it's a different game now a lot of people have kind of figured out what works in terms of conditioning and what the the typical size is and what the typical lifting program is for a player and it's just really hard to kind of pinpoint how you're gonna stop somebody right. who's that good of a score right so it's definitely tough. i have unfortunately had the privilege in some city leagues that i played in to play against an nba basketball player it was Terrence. It was Terrence Jones. Oh no! <laughs> and the, people will tell you, right? You'll you'll read an article and they'll say, "Oh, the the best guy at your twenty four hour fitness, right? Like doesn't even hold a candle to like this guy." Ter Terrence Jones comes into this, this lead that we were playing in, and I don't think he missed a shot, a right. single shot. Right? right, and right. not only that, he's going maybe a quarter speed. He's playing at a quarter <laughs> speed. Just the 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 level of strength, uh, basketball IQ, uh, the the conditioning, and the the focus that he's put on making his body a basketball machine. Like people don't understand it. He also, I wasn't paying attention, and his point guard threw one off the backboard, and I thought that I made him miss. I turned around. 
and just caught nothing but between his legs, right on my face. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. At, three, at, at a quarter speed. I can't imagine what that would have been like if he was like actually trying. So it took so, an extra long time. Oh, I would, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a slow motion drag. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's crazy, like, people, Terrence Jones, first of all, he's a bucket, but like people underestimate exactly how much work and repetition goes into being a professional. For me, the biggest difference from like college to pro was even in college, you're getting a lot of reps in. You got practice every day, you got weights. Um, but in the pros, and like I would come back and kind of have you know, have open runs with, with some of my uh, old college teammates or go back and play against the college team now at U of H. And while they're in class, I'm working on skill level. And while they're, you know, sleeping or whatever, any free time they have to do whatever else, I'm in the gym. And that's that's what it means to be a professional is that I, there you're getting so many reps of the same situations that your yours are just going to be better. Mm -hmm. Like you could have a great jumper, but a professional player is going to have a jumper that's great all the time and it's faster it's quicker release and they know how to get it off in 20 different situations exactly your one mm -hmm. yeah it's it's definitely the biggest gap but i think that's a testament that not everybody can do it so yeah it takes a lot of work so adam are you currently playing overseas um not right now i just finished with the big three season so okay. um Kind of looking to see where I go. Might go back to Indonesia. Um, might go somewhere else. Kind of got to sit down with my agent and see. Yeah. So, are there any plans of staying in the Big Three? Um. Yeah. Definitely. I'd love to. That was that was so fun. Um, playing three on three was kind of a different game for me, but <laughs> um, I think getting to play against some people you grew up watching or, or not grew up, but yeah. like. You watch. There are players that I'm very fond of, and, mm -hmm. and getting to play against them and learn from them is kind of a dream come true for me. So I love the whole experience. And my coach was Rick Mahorn, of all people. Bad boy. So, <laughs> so yeah, did it he, was a fun did time. Did he talk, talk a little trash about that? It's actually insane like he he's actually a really nice guy i think the trash dog is for people who aren't on his team <laughs> but yeah for us it, it was all jokes we were having a great great time and uh we were winning so a fun season so was there one person that you really wanted to play against like that you were looking forward to just getting on the elbow and killing him or what Honestly, it was, it was Barbosa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I've watched him, and I, I was a really big fan of his growing yeah. up. And, like, we, we played him in one game. He ended up actually getting injured wow. in that one mm. game. Like, there was, I think, the first play I, I got subbed in, and he's guarding me. I was like, I don't care what happens. I'm taking this. And like right when I got right up to like I'm like all right, this is a layup. I'm in there. 
and he somehow found a way to get it, you know, a finger on it and stop it. So, still got it. Oh, man. Yeah. So, I, I saw, first of all, I think the big three is a very cool uh, thing. Um, I think it's cool that it gives maybe a younger generation a chance to see the players that, you know, people like us grew up watching. Um, some idolizing, I suppose. Um, but what what I really want to know is, does that game translate to... Because I know you played in Japan for a little bit. Um, does that game in the big three translate at all to the game over in Japan? And what was it kind of like over in Japan? Because from what from the, the clips that I saw of you playing in Japan you were maybe the second or third tallest player on the court yeah so japan is really kind of a different system you're allowed to have two imports or, or three imports mm -hmm. and you have to divide your players so you can have one import um in the first quarter two imports in the second wow. one in the third oh, two wow. in the fourth okay so you have to kind of divide time. But yeah, at any given time, you and the other import are going to be the tallest. <laughs> so it's it's kind of interesting. Overseas is, is, you know, the way that they kind of navigate things. Where Indonesia, where I played last, um, you have one import on the court at a time. So there's like one towering player and the rest <laughs> of the players are just kind of smaller so is it kind of like positionless basketball over there or when you get on the court are you just basically playing center um it kind of depends on what your team layout is uh for me my second year i was definitely uh the playmaker mm -hmm. so i would bring the ball up and kind of get everybody in the position and, and drive kick and that was kind of our thing i just play pick and roll with the the big import and we would just see what happens <laughs> off of that um other teams will have their and their big play center, no matter who you are. Hmm. It really just depends on what you need for that matchup. Mm -hmm. uh, I know Hashim the beat was out there. Oh my God. Former trailblazer. <laughs> the dream. Yeah. So, so with him, a good luck. Yeah. No uh, for a guy my size. Damn. Wow. So Dang. I got to ask, you played in Indonesia, you played in Japan. To me, what that says is you ate some really, really good I food. I was going to say, here comes a, a comment about the food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the food was amazing. Um, Japanese, the sushi is so different from, from American sushi. I loved it. I just wish there was more of it every day. <laughs> I, I, I think my first, my first year in Japan, I lost 20 pounds because I just didn't eat enough food. After games, oh, wow. we'd go get sushi. And I would, I would have like, you know, my teammates would have like a, a a stack of plates like this big and mine would be this big <laughs> and i just i would always feel like okay i'm eating way more than everybody else i should probably <laughs> cool it down <laughs> but yeah it, it's just really amazing food um and being being able to kind of see and experience another culture was amazing indonesia that food was amazing. It was just really spicy. I was gonna say. So I had to pick my, I had to pick my spots. <laughs> do you do you like spicy I, food? One game, I had like spicy chicken. I, I almost didn't make it to the oh, game. Oh no! Was, do you like spicy food was, though? Uh, I, 
I, I like it, but my body doesn't like that I like ah. it. So I'll get like headaches and like I'll, I'll almost break out of the, the sweat. Jeez. I, yeah, <laughs> I start sweating like I'm playing a game. It's crazy. Oh, man, that's I'm, I'm hilarious. Jealous. You and me are the same. <laughs> <laughs> I love all kind of food, though. All, all food. That's basically all we talk about is food, fantasy football, and the Blazers, I think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> a great is, is there anything else? Oh, there is something else. Uh, I know I know we're, we're kind of a basketball show, but Adam, you're into music. Yeah. Let's talk about music for a minute. So, sure. one, what kind of music are you into? Because I think in my research, and yes, I did a little bit of research on you. In my research... You like all genres for the most part. You listen to everything. But yeah. I, I think what we're curious about is, is there any, maybe maybe a group of individuals or artists or, or, or groups that have influenced kind of your your musicianship? Yeah, I'm, I'm like a weird one. I, I grew up in Portland, so obviously I'm <laughs> like... Uh... My mother is actually a really big rock fan and she, she was really into the Beatles and Queen. Mm -hmm. So I grew up listening to Queen, the Beatles, and my father is super into Marvin Gaye. So we were just... He seems like a Marvin kinda... Gaye guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when I finally discovered how to like use a computer, the only thing I knew how to do was go on like AOL radio. And I discovered the band Metallica. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Very odd genre jump, but I just thought it was so cool how the guitar made these sounds. I wanted to play the guitar. So I, I picked one up and never stopped, never looked back. And then I picked up a piano and then I picked up the drums and then I picked up the violin the bass whatever instrument I could get a hand, uh, my hands on. Wow. So Adam Drexler's the new Dave Grohl. Yeah. And <laughs> with that, I, I just kind of, it with that kind of musical um, pursuit, you just have to listen to other things. So I would go and listen to jazz. I'd go listen to blues. I, I'd listen to basically anything. And then, when I got a little bit older and I started listening to rap and like hip hop and how that music is kind of created. And I just, it, I became infatuated with it. So later on in the middle of my playing career, I decided to kind of go into producing. I, I knew a few artists and I was like, Hey, would, would it be cool if I like produce some of your stuff? Mm -hmm. They're like, well, I'm a pop artist. You know what you're doing? <laughs> I, was like, I can give it a try. Like, I, <laughs> And um, yeah, I just kind of, people hate riding in the car with me because of that. I, I will listen to a rap song and then my next song will be heavy metal. And then my next song will be Queen. Yeah. And then my next song will be country from somewhere. And then my next song will be some kind of like sitar player or a bad, <laughs> like, it, it's very weird and uncomfortable for everyone. So. That's awesome though. There's, I, there's, I you sound like there's my nothing kids. wrong with being eclectic. Mm. My kids do that. <laughs> We just we went on a vacation and we drove a couple of hours and it was, it was bluegrass, it was Phantom of the Opera, it, there was some classical, <laughs> it had some J Cole in there, some Lady Gaga, like we had it all just playing, 
And my kids, that's when the AirPods go in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, screw you, you, Dad. What? You're I on your own, Pops. Wait. I can't wait for my kids to get older, because right now we're just lis- listening to Disney radio. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, because I often find myself listening to Disney radio when my kids are not in the car sometimes. It just depends on the mood. Oh. Look, brother, there's only so many times I can listen to Let It Go. You gotta... See, you have to go back, man. You have to do some <laughs> Lilo and Stitch stuff. You have to go back to Princess and the Frog, like, back sure. further. Not just this new... Highly underrated movie. Highly underrated, especially for the music. Which one? Princess and the Frog. Oh, it's one of, that's one of the best ones. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. (laughs) Sorry. Music. But congratulations, Adam. It sounds like you're a jack of all trades. You should uh, do some coffee shop stuff too, man. Adam Drexler unplugged. Ooh. There we go. It's it's definitely a weird kind of combination of skills that I've put together. I mean, Mm -hmm. to me, music was my first love. Basketball was only a thing I, I hit a growth spurt I wasn't really into it as a kid and when I got to high school my friend and now trainer Jarvis was like you're playing basketball this year and that's not that's not a choice that is a demand so uh, and then from there I fell in love with it so um, I'm glad that I started with music and, and found my way to basketball mm-hmm. so you said you you produce people but do you I mean like do you have your own band or group yeah okay yeah um whenever i have time in the off season i'll get together some friends and i'll just like i have i have a ton of music that i kind of just make and i'm like all right let's go play a show um you know i I always have friends at at coffee shops and and venues like that so i'm like all right yeah this weekend um football fans the first sunday of the nfl season is here and DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl is giving new customers a can't miss offer to celebrate the return of the nfl season right now new customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code tbpn to get two hundred dollars in free bets instantly when you place a five dollar bet this sunday that's code tbpn only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Hey, Tim. Yo. L- lately, I've been listening to a lot of Ellie Goulding. Goulding? Isn't it Goulding? Goulding, Golding, Gosling, it doesn't matter. But I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. They look, feel, sound better than ever. They have optimized gel tips, the perfect inner fit, Eight hours of playtime, 32-hour battery life, and they're half the price of other premium audio brands. Well, shoot. No wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Mm-hmm. They have the earbud tap functions, the noise isolation, and the awareness mode. Interesting. That sounds amazing. You probably, you probably listen to Ellie on your way to work or something. I listen to it on my way to work. I listen to it at the gym. I am I am always slapping that love me like you do all day, every day. Of course you are. Go to buyraycon.com slash TBPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TBPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash TBPN. <laughs>
<laughs> It'll be like Adam Drexler and his friends. That's the name of your band, Adam Drexler and Friends? <laughs> Does it ever happen that's in awesome. Portland? Do, you ever, do your friends ever come to Portland and play? Oh, I wish. I wish. Oh, you've got to. We'll, yeah. we'll line up a spot All for you. All my Portland friends don't want to be in a band. Ah, just fly everybody up yeah. here. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I'm actually going to Portland next week. So. Oh, nice. Any any specific reason? Um, just to visit home. Right <laughs> and, uh, so when did you? Yeah, every family is coming out there. We're just gonna have a fun time. That's fantastic. See everybody and then go grab some uh, French toast from Dewberry. Dewberries. So, you have to. Good choice. <laughs> <laughs> when did you end up leaving Portland? Um. Well, we kind of were on and off. Once my dad got traded, uh, that was like the big kind of move, I guess. But we would spend half the year back in Portland and sometimes even more than that. I mean, we were never trying to really leave Portland. That was our home. Mm -hmm. So we kind of had to adjust to the trade and kind of learn to love Houston. But um, for me, home is always going to be Portland. I imagine it was probably an easier transition for your dad, though, wasn't it? Because being that he was from yeah. Houston, yeah, he couldn't he couldn't wait for that <laughs> one. That, I, he loved Portland. Don't get me wrong, but for him, it was it Houston is home. Those are the streets he grew up on, so it was like coming back home. His whole family's there, so mm -hmm. he loves it. He still still lives in Houston. So does does he ever make trips up here? Yeah, every now and then he'll come up and um, yeah, he goes he goes up there for golf in the summers only though. He doesn't uh, like the rain. Don't blame him. I don't blame him. Yeah, <laughs> don't blame him. How do you do with the rain? I actually don't mind it at all. I think it's it's fine. Um, I know that's like a weird thing, but I, I play an indoor sport, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, to me. yeah. that's a, that's an excellent point. Um, Hold on, how do you Here's guys both have busted bucket hats and I got this? <laughs> I've got one waiting for you. You're late to the game, man. Dang. <laughs> Sorry, Ad. I've got the... It's some internal family business. <laughs> <laughs> I, got a, I got a serious question for you here, finally. Um, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, being from the family you're from and playing the sport that you play but do you try to live outside of your dad's shadow because i imagine it he casts a pretty big shadow on your career if i'm not mistaken and do you feel like that possibly did you a disservice like are people expecting you to be your dad um it's kind of a, a weird one because on one hand I, to me, he's, he's just a, a father. Mm -hmm. Like I only have one, I don't, I've never been anyone else's son. So I really don't know what a, a different experience would be. I've never lived it, mm -hmm. but from a basketball perspective, um, since to me, basketball was never really something that I was doing for my father. I do it independently. I I'm, blessed to have the opportunity to ask my father for help and guidance in my career but as i approach my career i, I don't approach it with with any kind of 
shadow perspective from him of course he's great mm -hmm. but to me I, I have my own game to play and it's it's so kind of weird to to kind of explain to people because I, i've had moments and, and this is kind of a, a weird story but um it was it was a few weeks ago i was in the gym and and when i was in high school i i always wanted to play against pros and i could never find where and, and if i was in a gym that just happened to have a pro in it it was always like i would mark the day on my calendar <laughs> playing against the pro today it was amazing and it was like a seeing a rare anything rare and so as a pro now i've always tried to make myself available i'll stop into a gym get some open runs in and just like i'm not saying i'm, I'm lebron or anything but like I think it's really cool. Like there are kids out there who want to play against pros and mm -hmm. test their skills. So I go and I went to this one gym and, and I right off the bat, like, oh, that's Clyde Drexler's son. And I was like, okay, weird. Normally no one ever notices me. <laughs> uh, I guess. So we, we go and I, I end up winning the game and, and this one, I, to, for the game winning point, I end up driving on this one kid and he, he kind of did not like the way that I scored the last bucket on him. His teammates were giving him flack and he's like, well, he's not that good. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, I could beat you. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not shy or anything. We can play one-on-one. -on -one. How about it? And he's like, okay. So we're first to five and I give him the ball and he misses his first shot. So I didn't score five in a row. And afterwards, you know, his, his teammates are now screaming and, and jumping up and down and dancing and all oh, that. No. <laughs> but I, I wasn't trying to embarrass him or anything. It was just like, I'm not going to. But you got to show him what's up. I, I'm not going to shy away yeah. from it. And as, as I'm kind of, I'm taking my shoes off, I'm about to go. And I'm like, thank God, thank you for playing. Um, it's a fun experience. And he, he yells out, that's, you'll never escape from your father's shadow wow. In, wow. in like moved cinematic fashion you hurt it him was, adam you hurt him to stay at the time. yeah he's still crying and, right now man <laughs> what did you just do? like <laughs> i, I, I kind of turned my head a little bit and i was like well now you're under my shadow <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Oh my God. Good game. And like with that, I kind of, I kind of is a testament. Like when people think you're, you're, they have a shadow and, and they have this expectation of you, you kind of just have to make your own way mm -hmm. and let your game speak for itself. Um, I know in, in the pro setting, a lot of teams, when they get you, they will expect you to jump from the free throw line the first day of practice. I think mm -hmm. it was, yeah, Indonesia, like the first day of practice. They were like, all right, here's the ball. Uh, do the free throw line dunk that your dad did. They showed me like the clip of him jumping from the free throw line. I was like, hey, that's not how this works. <laughs> so, and, and they were just joking about it, but it really is, it's a weird expectation. But when I step on the court, it, I, I, I speak for myself and and that's that's really it. Yeah. But it always comes with that's the, messed up too because I'm half Southeast Asian, so I know exactly how they were talking to you too, trying to make you go and do that dunk. 
I can hear my dad talking to you right now. <laughs> but I mean, for me, I kind of, I kind of like it. it. It's an extra challenge for me. It definitely pushes me when I'm, you know, feeling like, okay, I can let off the brakes or I can let off the gas. I, I kind of know that, hey, there's somebody out there who has an expectation of me. Mm-hmm. So I need to work twice as hard to make sure I'm there, to make sure that I can prove them wrong. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a chip on my shoulder for sure. Did you encounter that that this, a similar situation when you're playing prep prep hoops? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think when I was um, yeah, when I was playing prep hoops, my dad actually coached the team. Wow. So so it was your dad mm-hmm. saying, "Do that dunk, do my dunk from the free throw line." <laughs> my question is, did he tell you to oh, dribble with your head up? Actually, yeah, it's, I asked him about that. He's, he's like, no, my head was on a swivel. He, he completely denies it. But I'm like, I, <laughs> I, I mean, after seeing him move, I, I do know he can see everything. So I guess he's got, he has eyes in the back of his head. First of all, I've never been able to get anything by him. So, so there's a couple of things there's in this book that I have signed by your father, personalized to me. I waited in line at borders books. I don't know now it was like 18 years ago I think but he says that he used to he did dribble with his head down but he would memorize what people's shoes they were wearing and that's how he would know who it was not who was and was not on his team but that's not why I brought it up I brought it up because there's a really great picture I don't know if you've ever seen it but there's this picture in there of your family you got a nice little polo in there <laughs> it says you were 11 years old there, but I, when you were talking about it, I'm like, I think it, there's a picture of Adam and his dad's book. I had to pull that one out. Um, when you're when you're talking about playing basketball, not even talking about your dad, what parts of it did you find the most enjoyable? Um, for me, I just I love when a when a good play comes together i love execution so like something it could be something simple like a pick and roll driving in and finding the lob or finding the open three-pointer i just love how it kind of connects the dots it's like art to me when you look at it and that, that's how i've always viewed the game i i'm very in tune with the reason why i love music so much is because i love art so to me basketball was another art form and once i started looking at it like that I started really loving the game. And also it was something that kind of brought me and my father closer. My older brother, he is a video game maker. So, and my sister, she she was not into basketball. So my father really, he loves to be outdoors. He loves to go and do things like go play tennis, go play ping pong and just get outside. So me being the only one of his children that was into basketball, it kind of gave us like a different level of connection mm-hmm. to where we can kind of talk about things that, that other people wouldn't understand. And that made me love the game even more because it was like playing the game was bettering my relationship with my father. So I, I love those aspects of the game. I'm glad you brought up shoes, Eric, because I need to know, Adam, have you ever given your dad a hard time about balling out in a Vias? 
kangaroos. I mean, both of them. <laughs> no, hold on. Ruse of the 80s were... That was a pretty popular shoe brand back then. And you got to give Clyde credit for rocking Avia because that was a local Oregon brand and he could have gone to Nike or he could have played at Adidas. But I mean, Nike is a local brand, but, but yeah. not in this Nike's a national brand located in Oregon. Avia was an Oregon based right. shoe company. Small business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll give him credit for it, but I'm surprised he didn't bust up his feet in those Avias. Especially when he wore two left ones in the Olympics. I don't know how how the Nike deal got missed. I don't know what happened. To me, it makes sense. And uh, my dad still keeps in touch with Phil Knight. So, I mean, I think the one thing, my dad's never really been a stickler of shoes. He'll wear whatever Mm -hmm. shoe and Avia was the, the top bidder at the time. And I think the one thing that he is a stickler on, though, is, and this is, I don't know if I should bring this up, <laughs> but it is Jordan's. This is controversial. I think there was one scenario where I had a birthday and one of my friends gifted me a pair of Jordan sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It gets deep, but I, I've never worn Jordan's. I never really, I just never got into yeah, it yeah. and it just never came up for me. So my father found the Jordans and there was a look on his face. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't sit right. He didn't say anything, but he just kind of looked. <laughs> he didn't have to say anything. And I could tell it was like something, something wasn't right. So I just decided, you know, best if we don't wear these. So to this day, I, I don't wear Jordans. Did you ever put them on though? I didn't. I thought about it. <laughs> that. It was that look. It was that look. It was burning your soul. It was like, son, if you ever put those on. <laughs> so, so are you a Yeezy guy then? I wanted to see what the, I, I just, I was an Adidas, Nike, whatever. I, for me, I, my favorite shoe growing up was, I was wearing the Kobe's, but I just wanted to see what it was like. Everyone was wearing Jordans. All of my teammates in college were wearing Jordans. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, I'm. I just want to know what it feels like, but I knew it. It just wouldn't. Be right, so. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, man. The the couple of Jordans that I played in were not the most comfortable basketball shoe I've ever played in. They look pretty cool. They look cool. I mean, you give me if anyone were to gift me threes, fours, or elevens, I would I would take them in a heartbeat. But Concords. The first <laughs> time, the first time I ruptured my Achilles in my right leg, I was playing in a pair of Jordan 11s. The second time when I ruptured my other Achilles, I was playing in a pair of Jordan 9s. I do not play in Jordans anymore. Jesus. I'm telling you, you didn't miss out. Yeah, you missed nothing. I'm telling you. They they say, oh, the 9 is one of the best basketball shoes. They cut it off me in the emergency room. Mm. Jeez. Wow. I gotta say, you know, I I know we're we're kind of a Portland show here, but Dame shoes are ridiculously comfortable. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What What are you hooping? I hooped in my, my second year in Japan. That was a shoe I hooped in. Yeah. Really amazing. What? Yeah. So what shoes do you typically gravitate towards? I mean, I know you say you wear everything, but what do you actually play in? Um, 
Well, for a stretch of time, I was the the um, I was playing in James Harden's, and then I was playing in Kobe's my first year in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, for my most recent season with the Big Three and Indonesia, I was playing in Donovan Mitchell's shoe. Mm, okay, Adidas. I just like and James. I love Dame's shoe. It just it had like a, a kind of like a high high rising like kind of lid around mm-hmm. it and i'm someone who i don't wear my socks super high so it's kind of like messing with me but i like the shoes i, I generally like adidas when hmm. yeah me too but, but but we talked like a little bit about this before the show or whatever um i have a 16 year old son he's gonna be 17 tomorrow actually and i'm early i am i am terrified to play him again in one-on-one because he's six nine for one but for two he's he's getting right there to almost be able to beat me so for you how old were you when you were able to beat your dad um still i didn't beat him technically it's because i yeah i I was i i I was about 16 and i started getting very close to beating my father. We would be playing games after a workout. Mm-hmm. And he, he used to just play bully ball, go right to the post, guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had a secret weapon on me. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna start shooting threes. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he didn't want to play up on me. So I knocked down like five threes in a mm-hmm. row. Then a drive for the layup. He finally contests. I go right by him <laughs> for the layup. I get close. I get to around nine points. He's got five. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I can't wait to tell everyone in my family yeah. about this. I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to scream for the rooftops. And he's like, all right, son, let's go home. No. <laughs> he knew it. <laughs> yeah, that was the last time we ever played one-on-one. And uh, That's great. <laughs> That's that's a good move. I kind of like it though. I've that's I've done classy. the same. I've done the the same thing to my son at least three times. I've, I, I mean, I'm a I'm a petty person. I'm a sore loser. So I've I played bully ball with him and, and backed him down and all that. So I'm I'm one with your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at six nine, I'm. Yeah, it's it's going to be that time. <laughs> Gary, how how yeah. tall are you, Gary? So I'm like six four, but like. Man, but I got some some weight and some muscle on him because he's probably like 180 or 190. So I mean, now I can kind of do some bully ball and stuff. But man, when when he starts going to the gym, it's gonna be game over, and I'm gonna have to. I mean, I'm gonna have to retire. I'll be done at that point. <laughs> You're gonna have to tell him, son, it's time to go home. Yeah, my son, my son is is about to be 17, and we play, and I can't bully ball him anymore because a little bastard can jump out of the gym. So. Yeah. I throw my shoulder into him and he can rebound and just jump straight up in the air. Yeah. It's yeah, it's man, my kid can jump. It's it's not. It's unfortunate, but I cheat too. <laughs> I, I, you know, we get to the game's to seven, but if he gets to seven first, then it's to nine, and then if he gets to nine, then he gets to eleven, and I think we played to twenty-one before. Started to seven, but we went to twenty, <laughs> and I won. Sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, something something else that I wanted to ask you about too, like I'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this, but just from from like certain people that I've talked with, like I kind of feel like the the narrative is is that 
Clyde just doesn't love the city. I mean, I mean, you see some of these players like uh, you know Porter and Channing Frye and stuff like that, and they're they're coming back and they're here, you know, period periodically, um, you know. But you're saying that your dad, you know, likes to come here during the summer. Does he, you know, realize how much he's loved here? Does he, you know, still still come back and do things like for the community or? Yeah, I think for him, Portland is always going to be at home. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I want to squash that first. Like, he, he doesn't hate Portland. Yeah. He, he never talks bad about yeah, that's Portland. Good. He, he often brings it up, you know, he'll tell me all the stories of the guys and the team and just how much fun he had over there. So to me, I grew up with stories like that. And that to me is why Portland is, I love Portland yeah. because it's home. There's history there for me. and. With my father, it's the same thing, but he also has like kind of a different experience to me where I grew up in Portland and I've got my family and, and a lot of people, my friends there, he was kind of put there, yeah. <laughs> there kind of placed there with no family or, or, or anyone. So he kind of had to, had to make it into a yeah. home. So of course, that's why Houston is always going to feel like his, you know, real home, but Portland, he he loves it, and I know I know he's he's a really busy guy. He's always traveling. Right now, he's on like a worldwide golf tour, oh, <laughs> whatever. But um, yeah, I think he he tries to make trips out to Portland at least two times a year. I, I would I personally would love to see him back there more. We would love to see him in an organizational way. You know, not just seeing Clyde Drexler, but I think I'm pretty sure the last time Clyde was at a game, he was there for his jersey retirement. Yeah, I think it was that, or I think there was that. that actually, might have been it. Wow, because that's a long yeah, time. I was it. <laughs> and I've been hard on him because you know he he was a he was my hero as a kid, you know, and then he got traded, and that that was like the worst Valentine's Day present ever. <laughs> for Portland fans, but I mean, just I mean, just being honest, it was really hard to see him for the NBA at fifty when he wore the Houston Rockets jacket. That one's that one stung me, and then we just haven't seen him since. And it's like, I mean, I saw him with the book, and I remember when I got that book signed. Nate McMillan was on his way out. They were getting ready to fire, or no, it was Mo Cheeks. Mo Cheeks was the head coach, and I go. And your dad had just stopped coaching at uh, Houston. And I said, any chance you want to come back and coach here? And he was like, not a chance. (laughs) (laughs) That coaching, coaching right after retirement, he tells me that's one of his biggest regrets is he finally, finally retired from the NBA, finally had a break and decided to pick up coaching college, which is even more of a job. Mm-hmm. So he was like, "Yeah, that felt like even more work than playing in the NBA." So. <laughs> it just would be good to see him, you yeah. know. And it would. I've always wondered: I, does I he does he does he know that the the people still care about him here? Oh yeah, I, he always you know gets messages from a lot of Portland players. I think I just ran into uh, Kiki Vandeweghe okay. at my brother's wedding, so. I mean, he keeps in touch with a lot of people from Portland, mm-hmm. and you see, you see them, you know, every now and then. But I think Portland is 
a place that he's always going to love. It's just right now, he's kind of at a busy time. He's been doing a lot of stuff with the big three. And then when he's not doing that, he's doing trips all over the place for the NBA. Um, and when he's not doing that, he's golfing and managing his businesses. So I think he, he definitely loves Portland. But um, just a busy guy. Well, well, back to you. You were talking about Kiki. So let's go there for you. You grew up around some of the best basketball players in the history of the game. So you had some great players here with your dad in Portland. You went to Houston. You ended up with Charles Barkley. You had Hakeem Olajuwon. Growing up around all those guys, who was the coolest guy to you? Oh, that's easy. Mario Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. So cool. Such a such a kind person. Um, to me, uh, Hakeem Dream was is really cool. Um, he he's somebody in high school. I used to like go and play pickup with. Wow. And he was still moving. <laughs> that is the most ridiculous thing. The I've ever, like, can you, like, how many people get to say, yeah, you know, I used to go play pickup with Dream, and no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so Super Mario, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, and it was also like I, I'm a kid, so like I don't know anything about basketball, and I hear the name Mario, and I'm I'm a video game lover, so I'm like, that's instantly my favorite player on the team. <laughs> And then you know you meet him and he's actually a really cool guy so yeah and then there's, there's other players like buck williams um such an amazing person and you know his kids uh would always hang out with us um another another one is uh michael thompson okay yeah yeah we actually grew up with um with the thompson so so clay mikey and trace were were like down the street we would just meet in the big lot and just play whatever sport we could make up every day so a lot of a lot of great memories of hanging out with people that were my dad's teammates yeah. wow when you're growing That's up awesome. did you give it to clay <laughs> i said when you were you oh. giving it to clay yeah in video <laughs> games he wasn't even remotely interested in sports at the time i think when i saw him get drafted i was like Are you really <laughs> <laughs> it was so interesting because I only knew him as, as you know a kid, and we would just go and throw rocks and stuff and play video games all day. So to see him get drafted and go play and be a splash brother was insane. Mm -hmm. I did not see that coming, but it's, it's amazing, and all of them are amazing. Yeah. So you still keep in touch with him? Yeah, I still keep in touch with all of them. Uh, I think for me, my best. One of my best friends growing up was was Mikey, the oldest brother. So, yeah, it, it's I, it's still a great connection, and, and it's great that we have that friendship and have those childhood memories. Yeah, that's that's cool, man. So, speaking of childhood memories, I mean, what's what is one thing you miss about living in the Rose City? Um. And you can't say Dewberry's French toast. <laughs> I was about to. <laughs> I was definitely about to. Uh, honestly, for me, it was my father would always take us to go walk the river walk. Mm. And me and my brother would be on our skateboards and we would just skate the whole river walk. And we'd see like the guy on the hill playing the bagpipe yeah. and, and whatever else we could find in the city. 
and it was just a fun time. I think that going to um, going to the park, Willamette Park, we'd always just go there and just <clears throat> hang around. I'd, I'd run laps around the park. Um, I just love the city. I love being in it. And to me, um, anytime I'm back there, it definitely feels like home. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I want to end back up when I'm when it's all said and done. So. When you finally retire. Yeah. Right on. You gonna so after basketball? Let's talk about that. Uh, do you plan on continuing with music after that? Yeah, that's kind of like my um, my my next phase of things. Is like I've been kind of working at this producing uh, thing for a few years now, kind of building up my clientele and and working with these really amazing artists. And now I'm at the point where okay. Before I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do after basketball. I was thinking, okay, maybe I'll get into you know sports commentating or something like that. And um, but then I also realized that music is something you can do anywhere at any time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, why not you know pursue this and, and and get a head start on it? And and now it's turned into something where I like, you know, people are actually listening to the music I've made and, and listening to the artists and. I'm, having to go fly out for music video shoots and stuff like that. It's, it's a oh, dream come true. So, Where, so yeah, it's really fun. I want to listen to some of the music. Are SoundCloud yeah. or is it? Yeah. yeah. Where can our listeners find it's it? Like a whole bunch of Spotify stuff. Um, yeah, I can definitely send, yeah, you, I want them. send you some of this. I'm over here. I'm actually looking for it on uh, Apple Music right now. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, do you just make whatever kind of genre comes to you or is there like a specific genre that you stick to when you're producing your own stuff oh i'm um so for me i kind of work i started a company with one of my my best friends and we kind of have a few management people kind of send us artists so it really just depends they'll send us like a, a list of artists that we want to they kind of want to want us to work with and we kind of go through it and we're like, okay, well, yeah, we can see ourselves doing this sound or we can make a few things for this and we'll send it back over. Mm -hmm. And if they like it, meet up and make it happen. So nice. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You, know, you get to meet a ton of interesting people. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Definitely send us those links. Are you okay if we, yeah. uh, if we like post them on social media so everybody can yeah, take a look? Yeah, for sure. That'd be cool. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm excited to listen. <laughs> me too. I, I, man, I love music. All I, music. I want to check it out, man. So I'm so I'm definitely gonna check that out too. <clears throat> so, awesome, Adam, what we like to do towards the end of the show is just kind of give the last few minutes to our guests to plug anything they want to plug, talk about whatever it is they want to say. Uh, so at this point, the floor is yours, my man. Ah. It's never happened to me. I've never been given the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if you should have done that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I can give you some prompts if, if you want. Like, uh... I mean, like to me, I just think uh, I think the most important thing is that like basketball to me is has been a, more of a journey that I, I've I've taken from and and applied to multiple parts of my life. So I think be a lot of people look at it as oh you are Clyde Drexler's son and that is your identifier and to me well that's not a bad thing there are other parts of me that have stemmed from that and well I, I can't live anybody else's life 
um, I've certainly tried to make the most of the one I have and um, having my own basketball journey that's like totally different from my father's has been definitely unique. I, I didn't see it coming. Mm. I don't know if anybody else saw it coming, but um, it's been a lot of fun. I've met a lot of amazing people uh, and so many experiences have shaped me into who I am today. So I'd encourage anybody to go out there and try something, regardless of what everybody wants you to be or what everybody wants you to believe, just do you. That's dope. You know, if the music thing doesn't work out, I think you might have a fallback as a motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Podcast co-host. Or podcast co-host, right, right. Any interest in joining the show, Adam? (laughs) You you would immediately yield us some credibility. (laughs) (laughs) No, seriously, Adam, it was was a pleasure having you on, man. And if you guys don't have any other questions, I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. I know it's late there, uh, so we, we just appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate you so much for having me. This has been a blast. I, I love talking shop with everybody. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, and honestly, man, like you're more than welcome to join the show anytime you want. We That would be so cool. I actually love, <laughs> I love podcasts. Do you? Like, I love listening to podcasts. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. We started the show. It was the, there's another guy who's actually not here right now. Um, but we were just kind of in the thick of it, working at the hospital during COVID. And we're like, you know what? We need an escape. Let's just, we call each other and talk hoops all day, every day anyway. Let's just, let's do a podcast. And at the time I was like, what's, what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I, I, I do have one more question before we go, before we go, because we, we didn't ask him. Sure. One do the Blazers make the playoffs this year? I think so. And it's just because the Blazers don't miss the playoffs. Yeah. I, last season, I'm not counting that. Yeah. That was a... It's an anomaly. That was an anomaly. Right. But that's that's why I'm, I'm like, the Blazers are my team because they're consistently good. Every other team, it's like, all right, catch us on a good mm-hmm. year. Blazers, yeah. it's always a good year. So I think they got a lot of good pieces and they got a lot of veterans and people that are very solid um and then dame's coming back healthy that was that was number two he comes back healthy the healthiest he's ever been yeah do you and i i've personally seen him like when i was doing blazers summer mini camp like i personally got to see his workout and how he approaches every day and i know like he he is a superstar in every right how long ago did you do that how long ago was that that was 2018, the summer of 2018, right before the summer league. So, yeah, the Blazers invited me to, to for like a week to, as like me and a few veterans and play some overseas players to just kind of play and scrimmage against the roster and we would work out all day. And yeah, Dane was there with us every day, wow. just working out and, and getting shots up. So. Everyone else was on vacation. He didn't take a vacation. And that's a testament to him. So I know, and also he's a really great guy. He was such an approachable, such a sociable person. Mm -hmm. He didn't have an ego about him. So 
I, I'm definitely excited to see what he does. He's a true. That leader. was number two. I wanted to see what how you thought uh, he would bounce back this year. Uh, definitely. And then you, you got uh, Chauncey as the head coach. Oh, yeah. And he, all he knows is winning. Mm -hmm. So I think I think it's definitely a combo that can get you to the playoffs. You heard it there, Blazer fans. Portland's winning the championship 2023, mm -hmm. baby. <laughs> Man, we can hope. We can hope. I got to say this. Hope. I got to say, guys, like how I know you're sitting right here, but how cool would it have been to have – Adam Drexler on the team. Like getting that invite was a dream come true. Like to me, I I, I got in this the Rocket Summer League mini camp invite, and that was like I was my mind was blown. I was like, oh my gosh, I got an NBA look. The life over. Yeah. Then like the Blazers called, and I was like, I was like, say no yeah. more. I'm on. <laughs> and uh, that was the most fun I've ever had playing basketball. And it was weird when I first got there. People didn't know who I was. They were like, "Who's this guy?" I was like, "I'm uh, Adam Drexler." <laughs> They're like, "Oh, you related to Clyde?" Like, oh, cool. They're like, "Do the free throw line dunk." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you should have said, "No, nah, never heard of him." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, thanks a lot, Adam. I really appreciate it. And honestly, man, I know your dad's busy, but we would love to talk to him at some point. If he's if That'd he so cool, ever yeah. has time off, I know I know he's pretty busy, but yeah, man, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, yeah, sure. especially Eric, he would have a heyday with your dad because it sounds like <laughs> Eric and your dad have some things to hash out. <laughs> it's not even like that. It's just it's just I. Clyde was Michael Jordan to me. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. like I, I born in '83. I mean, I grew up. That was my. That whole progression all the way until 95 when he got traded. Like, Clyde Drexler was the greatest athlete I had ever seen. Everything that he did was gold. He was Midas, man. Everything he touched with gold. I just, <laughs> if anything, I'm bitter because I miss him. <laughs> and the truth comes out. Right. <laughs> Big shout out to Adam Drexler, my co-host, the Basketball Podcast Network, DraftKings, and especially you, our listeners, social media followers, and Bucket Busters. Keep reaching out to us on Twitter, at Busted Bucket, with your comments and questions. We love building community with you all. Don't forget to rate, follow, subscribe, and leave a review if you're digging what we're saying. Be good to each other, Rip City. We'll catch you next time on the Busted Bucket Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>